to save some time today because I'm probably going to need it. I'm not going to read all the scriptures, but I am going to read two verses. I'm going to read one of the verses is the largest uh, verse in the Bible. It's pretty overwhelming. It does. It has a lot of profound uh, meaning to it. We'll get to that in just a moment. Luke 19. Luke 19, just to give you a little foundation here. This is Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. This is him riding in, people getting ready for him to come. And there's something that took place in verse 41 that, in my opinion, according to God's word, is very, very overwhelming. It says this in verse 41 of Luke 19. And when he was come near, he beheld the city. Think about it. The graves, there's people that got their coat on the ground and the palm trees on the ground. They got them in their hands. They got their kazoos, if you will, and their maracas, and man, they're just, they're getting excited. There was not maracas, I don't think, but anyway. They're pumped up, streamers, no doubt, and just all excited. And afar off, our King, our now Savior, looks in, Brother Trevor, from afar, and this is what it says. I'm just going to tell you, I'd be kind of excited that everybody was cheering for me. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he beheld the city and wept over it. It's pretty exciting, huh? Then if you'll go to John 11. John 11, and again, something that happens here. I was being funny about the verse. It's verse 35. This is a sad time. I can remember, can recall my friend, my good friend, and I start talking about it, I get a big old lump in my throat. I remember when my friend died, James, Sergeant James Patrick Muldoon was killed in Iraq. And the Bible says, talks about him being a little late. The Bible says, Jesus wept. Sad. There's two kinds of weeping that happen here. One, we find in Luke. He's weeping over the city. He's weeping over the people. He's weeping over the sins of people. And this time we find it's sorrow. He's weeping. Because he's seen, no doubt, Mary and others. And the Bible says, Jesus wept. And on this Palm Sunday, I want to endeavor, try my best, to deliver what I feel Jesus Christ wants us to hear. I want to preface this a little bit more that, ladies and gentlemen, now more than ever, now more than ever, that we as a body, as we, we as people of God, we need to develop a heart that weeps over the sinner, and we need to understand that we have a God that weeps when we weep. He's broken when we're broken but I would to God out of the two that we would be more concerned with what Jesus is concerned about the most the Bible says he has come to seek and to save that which is lost the Bible tells us as he looked over the city where it was supposed to be a parade a triumphant entry he should be excited and he wept over it. 
Today, I want to preach to you from that thought, Jesus wept. Lord, we thank you so very much for your goodness and your mercy and your power. You, in fact, are a God that weeps. Still today, Lord, you weep over our sins. Lord, you weep over our sorrows. Oh, Lord, Jesus, I'm asking right now that you would come visit. I'm asking, Lord, that you would come visit into the lives and the hearts of every individual that they would know who you are, Lord, what you are and what you're capable of doing in this last, in this closing hour. I would that our attention would be given unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the peace that passeth all understanding, the joy unspeakable and full of glory. Right now, Lord, rest here in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. True church, we're in a month of revival. It's important. We're not just having good church services, but I would to God that every single message, if you were not here on Wednesday night, I'm asking you to please go and watch or listen. Go to our website, listen to it, download it on your phone, or go to YouTube and watch our Wednesday night message. You were here last Sunday? Do whatever you possibly can to watch those messages because it is setting us on a trajectory, a unified body. That's why it's important to do whatever you can to be here, to be here when we have services, especially ones that are focused like they are this week because it gets us all on the same page. It gets us all thinking about the same thing and I would to God that what I'm going to preach today and conclude with today would also get us on the same page about what moves God, what touches God. Amen. You may be seated. Would you turn around and tell somebody you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord today? Praise God. Thank you. Thank you very much to our praise team, musicians for helping us out. Praise God. I'm thankful for an anointed group of praise singers. If you would, tell somebody, Holy Week. Holy Week is this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Don't forget it. Be here 7 p.m. We're going to be quick, fast, and furious, but I believe the word of the Lord is going to come forth. I do believe that we have divine encounter that's going to happen. God orchestrated this before. Uh, we, I even knew who was going to be coming, and God made it available. So I'm thankful to have Brother Cody March with us this week. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. There are a lot of beautiful, awe-inspiring mountains in the world, from the Himalayas to the Alps to the Rocky Mountains. Mountains have their own unique way of pointing us to Jesus Christ. However, there is no more important mountain related to both past and future events in human history than the Mount of Olives. In events in human history, this Mount of Olives has served to show us some things and be a, a stage, if you will, for some things to take place that you and I can glean from. And I believe that we're going to do that this morning. It was there on the eastern slope that our Lord made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem over palm branches a few days before he was crucified. It was on this mountain, ladies and gentlemen, that scripture records for all prosperity the weeping Christ, the one that wept on the eastern slope of the, mount, of the mountain in the village of Bethany. He wept over our sorrows as we read in John chapter 11 and verse 35. On the western slope of the Mount of Olives, overlooking the city of Jerusalem, he wept over our sins. Many believe that Palm Sunday is about fun and games and, and excitement and joyous things and celebration of the hour. After all, there were people there that were excited. 
There were people there that were, Brother Trevor, they were shouting glad hosannas, if you will. Because who was coming in to the city? They not only were shouting glad hosannas, but they had their palm branches. I know it's a black towel. Bear with me. And they were waving them in excitement for who was entering into the city that day. But it is not about excitement. It is not about a joyous occasion. Palm Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, is about weeping. Palm Sunday is about tears. It's about letting the hot water that comes from our eyes run down our face and drip off of our chin. It is about crying. We, in this day and age that we live in, we have raised generations in this world, in this city, in this community. We've raised individuals, young people, that have lost their tears. I know at times there's tears, but a lot of times it's not. Nobody really cries anymore unless you have lost someone or unless you have had a horrible wreck or unless you've really skint your knee really, really bad. We've lost our tears. Our culture has taught us that it is inappropriate to cry. Contrary to popular belief, Argentina, you can cry for me if you want to. You can weep for me if you want to. Contrary to songs that are out there, big girls, little girls, small girls, big boys, little boys, old men, young men, everybody can cry. I know that it's a song. I know that it's funny, but yes, you can cry. Yes, you can weep. Yes, you can have tears run down your face. One of the major problems facing our culture today is that we have lost them. We've lost the tears that are to run down our face. Doctors tell you, studies show, go look it up yourself, I did. Doctors say that it is a medical truth that crying is part of an important release valve in many people. Crying may even be a chemical release for emotional stress. Amen. This is why often after you cry, you don't know why, but you feel better. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to cry. Just like sweat, and I need more of this to happen to me. Sweat pours out of our body on a hot day and it keeps our body cool and also helps us lose some weight. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Tears flow to release the stress of the soul like sweat from the body. As the Lord Jesus stood at Lazarus' tomb, he was saying, it's okay to cry. In fact, God gives us tears. When we think about it, there are no other animal species that we can think about that have emotional tears. I know you think your dog does. <laughs> Dogs don't cry. Turtles don't cry. Now, if I was a turtle, I would, probably would cry. Cats don't cry. But you and I do cry. You and I do weep. Tears are a gift of God. I've said it. I know you've said it. I, you better not cry. Now, you have to under, understand the context of that statement. Sometimes it's whiny crying, and there is a difference. Can I get an amen from some parents? <laughs> it happens often in my house. And so that's the reason I sometimes, don't you cry. But I have to explain myself. It is okay to cry. Tears are a gift of God. Jesus is telling us on this Palm Sunday that it's okay to cry. It's okay to weep. He did it himself. This is why King David said, Weeping 
may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Daddy, you need to cry. Mama, you need to cry. Young person, you need to cry. Oh, no, I'm big. I'm bad. I'm too tough. No, ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus can weep, we can weep. If Jesus can weep over our sorrows, we can weep. No, I got to be tough. I got to be brass. I got to be, no, I don't have any sensitivity. If Jesus can have sensitivity, we too can have sensitivity. On Palm Sunday, I hope to etch in your memory the picture of Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. I hope to get it deep in your heart and spirit and mind. Men, I'm talking especially to you that I hope to etch in your memory a picture of Jesus weeping. Somebody say it, Jesus wept. Think about it. Some are too proud to cry. Others have cried or haven't cried in years, rather. Still, others have lost their tears, but not our Lord. Not our Lord. Our King in heaven, every single time, does he still feel the nails every time I fall? Does he hear the crowd cry, crucify Again, Jesus wept, ladies and gentlemen. There are two times in Scripture that record his weeping. Both of them are found on the Mount of Olives. One on the eastern slope when he wept over our sorrows. He is touched, ladies and gentlemen, by our broken hearts. The other on the western slope when he wept over our sin. He is troubled By our blinded eyes. I need somebody to hear that today. Today those of you that are in this building. And though you may live in sin. And though you may feel like nobody sees it. Not only does Jesus see it. But he weeps over your blinded eyes. Brother Beto the time's coming. Where our savior. Our king is going to be our judge. And he looks when people sin and he looks when people are nonchalant about going to church and nonchalant about serving him. And Jesus is weeping over our blinded eyes. It is Palm Sunday. Is Jesus still weeping today? His tears, they speak volumes to us today. Or they should. I know it's not going to be a jumping through hoops today and swinging from no chandeliers that we have in here, but I hope to get it in your spirit and your mind that Jesus is weeping. Let's listen to those tears. Let's feel those tears as they trip off of the chin of our King, our Savior, on this Palm Sunday. It is Palm Sunday, and Jesus Christ, our King, is weeping over our sorrows. Oh, God doesn't care about my pain. God doesn't care about the issues I'm going through. God doesn't care that this happened or that happened. God doesn't care about my broken up marriage. God doesn't care about my family member that died. He is touched, and he's weeping over our sorrows. He is touched by our broken hearts. Yes, he is. Contrary to what you may think, the Bible shows us You have hurts, you have pains. Our God notices, and he has sorrow with you. John 11 and verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, listen to it, and the Jews who came with her weeping, they had people do it with them. Listen to what the Bible says. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, we have, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. I know. I've said it too. Have you even cared? Are you out there, God? Are you even listening? Do you even know what's going on? Do you realize that hurt and pain is here? Oh, he realizes. 
He knows, I promise you. I can, I can vouch for him if you will. I'm not preaching to you something that hasn't happened to me and something that I haven't lived through myself. Yes, there's been times I'll confess to you that I've been sitting in my closet on my ottoman and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, Lord, do you even know? Do you even care? Do you realize that she's in there in pain? Do you realize what's going on? Yes, he realizes. Yes, he knows just like he did with Mary. And I promise you, if you have sorrow, if you have pain, the only one that really matters is right beside you. And he's weeping with you. He's letting you know it's okay to cry. It's okay to have sorrow. And he wants you to know that it will not last forever. Joy is coming in the morning. That event on that day was a funeral in Bethany of his dear friend Lazarus. Note, when the Lord Jesus wept, he wept when he saw Mary crying. If you would leave those scriptures up for me. Tears touched the heart of God. That day, Mary's heart was broken. Her brother was dead, and Jesus showed up too late to the funeral. She didn't have any hope. Anybody ever felt like that before? I know it's really solemn in here today. Anybody felt like you've never had any hope? It's all right. Raise your hand. She held no hope in her hand. She was hurting. She was weeping. But when our Lord arrived on the scene... He saw her weeping. John uses an interesting word in the language of the New Testament, which is a common language in that day, Koine Greek, to describe Mary's weeping. The word is kileo, meaning deep sobs and wails. Mary was pouring out her soul. Our Lord had come from a place where there was no sin, no sorrow, no tears, no tombs, no hurts, and no heartache. Now he walks upon the scene and sees her crying with deep and loud sobs. When our Lord saw Mary crying in such a fashion, two things happened. The Bible says he groaned. Somebody say he groaned. He groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And our Lord stood at the tomb of his friend. He was indignant at what sin had done, resulting death and sorrow. And in his restraint, he groans and was troubled. The text, it tells us that what really bothered him was Mary's tears. And the cause behind her heartbreak. This was sin. And death brought such great pain to this day. And it still brings pain now. Something like this happens. Now with John writing, he says this. John chapter 11 and verse 35 again. Jesus wept. This is the shortest verse in the Bible and perhaps one of the deepest in meaning. Mary was upset. Our Lord knew that this woman was broken to the deepest part. Anybody in the room ever lost a brother or a sister? You know what this pain feels like. You know what this sorrow feels like. And Jesus knew it better than anyone. Mary was upset. Our Lord knew that. What does he do? What does he, when he comes on the scene, what does he do? Does he lecture her? No. Does he rebuke her? No, he doesn't do that. Try to encourage her? No, that's not what he did either. She wept 
and he wept also. <laughs> she was broken and in turmoil. And the King of kings and the Lord of lords, before anything, he wept. You know what that tells me and you? When you're broken, he's broken too. When you're hurting, he takes note of your hurt and your pain. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you may feel like you're all alone at times. I have felt it myself. But when I read this scripture for the first time in my life, I realized that when I weep and I'm broken and I'm hurt, Jesus in heaven, just like he did for Mary, he's looking over the balcony of heaven and he's saying, oh, I'm going to do something for you. But before I do anything for you, I want you to know that I'm weeping too. It's Palm Sunday and Jesus is still weeping over our sorrows. Because he is touched by our brokenness. Don't try to hold it in, Dad. Don't try to hold it in, Mom. No, don't do that. Weep. Let tears, hot tears, run down your face. Don't try to be tough. No, you've got a Jesus that is going to snuggle up right beside you. And when you're in pain and you're broken and you feel like nobody cares, God is going to let you know, I'm weeping with you. is Palm Sunday and Jesus is still weeping over our sorrows because he's touched by our broken hearts. The tense of the verb tells us that he could not hold it in. The Bible says man of sorrow acquainted with our grief. The Lord Jesus is not a spectator in our heart. I know we think that. I thought that. No, he's not a spectator in what's making us hurt and have pain. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Come on, get a picture of that. Get a picture of Jesus weeping and caring about you. He has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. Some men may think, it's not good to be seen crying. However, Dad, I know it's not Father's Day today, but let me tell you something. It's okay to cry. Great men are not afraid to shed a tear. Great men are not afraid to allow hot tears to run down their face. Daddy, your daughter needs to see you cry. Daddy, your son needs to see you cry. Mama, your family needs to see you cry. It's all right to let tears run down your face. The Apostle Paul himself reminded those at Ephesus that he had been serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears. Look it up yourself. It's an Acts. With many tears. I'm serving the Lord, but man, I'm doing it with many tears running down my face. And to the Corinthians, he said, for out of much affliction... And anguish of heart, I write to you with many tears. Some in this house today feel like you have tried everything. I want you to hear me for the next couple of minutes. And you have almost quit. You've almost got that proverbial towel, if you will, and thrown it in and saying, I'm done. And I submit to you today, I know that you feel like you've tried everything. I know you feel like you've done everything possible. Man, here I am coming to church, and here I am, I go to the altar, and here I am, I do this and that, and I, here I am talking to my family, here I am trying to win my sons and my daughters over. I'm trying to do everything possible. I, I'm telling them, listen, you got to read the book. you got to do what you can do to get, get in the church, and I've tried everything. Can I submit to you on this Palm Sunday morning? Try tears. When you ain't got any words to say, try tears. Tears move the heart of God. When is the last time you laid on your face and all you said is, God, I don't know what else to say. And you just wept and wept and wept for an hour, an hour and a half, 30 minutes. All you can do is weep. That moves. Don't tell me it doesn't move the heart of 
God. Look at Scripture. It moves the heart of God. Oh, I know you've tried everything. Oh, do you got a lost loved one? I want you to raise your hand right now. Come on, you got disease today? Raise your hand right now. You got affliction right now? Raise your hand right now. Let me tell you something. Have you tried tears last night in that prayer room after Sister Christina left? I tried tears. I wept and wept. I didn't know what else to say. I was sick and tired of saying anything. It's all I did. Telling you today when you don't got anything else, let tears run down your face. Let tears come out of your heart and it moves the heart of God. It's Palm Sunday and Jesus is still weeping over our sorrows. He is touched by our broken hearts. Solomon reminds us in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 4 that there is a time for tears. If you need God's attention, it's time to try tears. The psalmist said that God keeps our tears in a bottle. Not one of your tears falls unnoticed, nor is it forgotten. Look at your neighbor and say, try tears. Come on, lift your hands all across this building. God's going to heal some things in this place right now. Some of you are going to understand you're not in it by yourself. I've understood it. Oh, in the time. Oh, hallelujah. In this time, I feel it. I know it. It may feel like it's all falling apart. You can't get ahead. When you take one step, you fall back again. Try tears. Try tears. Oh, tears, they speak louder than do tears have a language all of their own and no they don't need an interpreter they don't need anybody telling you what it's saying all you need to do is try tears any of us who've raised children know that this is true any of us who have had a husband or a wife close beside us and they've been weeping and you just began to weep with them tears have a language of their own tears they speak things that words can't speak Nothing moves the heart of God like tears. I know you're broken today. I know you feel like you're all on your own. But just like Mary did, why don't you try tears? Where are you at, Jesus? What are you doing, Jesus? Oh, Jesus, you're too late. And tears ran down her face. The Old Testament king Hezekiah was about to die and was told to get his house in order. He prayed, and the Bible says, he prayed and wept. And God replied, I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. Yes, tears, they do something that words can't do. Oh, I know you've prayed. I know you've cried out to God. I know you've done exactly what Hezekiah's done. I know there's some under the sound of my voice. I just talked to one of the men in our church the other day and he said, I feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. I feel like I can't get anywhere. I feel like it's all broken. I feel like I don't have anywhere to go. Oh, I submit to you today, if you're in the house, are you watching later? Try tears when nothing else works. Tears touch the heart of God. Oh, hallelujah. Try tears today. Yes. It is Palm Sunday, and Jesus is still weeping over our sorrows. He is touched by our broken hearts. The government, the government has numbered you and me. We got a social security number, but you and I are so much more to God than a number. The same Jesus who saw Mary's tears and wept with her stands by your side today in this room. He is saying to us, listen to me. I've been here forever. I have come across the centuries. I have been here every single moment of your life. And it's okay to cry. And as you weep and as you cry and you don't have prayers to pray, that crying, that weeping touches the heart of God. Your Christ and my Christ came from their loss. Who's lost Mary's loss? Mirrored morning hearts have had resurrections in the mindset of their grief. And yet, 
the sorrowing watchers. Look at the seed form of this result. And they saw nothing. What they regarded as the end of life was the very preparation for the crown. For Jesus was silent that he might live again in tenfold power. The Bible says they saw it not. They saw it not. It was a sepulcher. It was unprophetic. It was voiceless. It was lusterless. Saw it not. Look at your neighbor and say, it's Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. And the weeping Christ is weeping over our sins. He is troubled by our blinded eyes. Point of my message today is coming right now. Yes, I want you to know he weeps when you have sorrow. Yes, I want you to know that you're not on your own. I want you to know that he's there when you have pain and you have hurt and you're not by yourself. But today, today I want to conclude with what really troubles Jesus Christ. He is troubled by our blinded eyes. Now as he drew near, the Bible says he saw the city and he wept over it. Do you get that picture today? Do you really sense and see what is going on in that picture? A few days after the experience in Bethany, on that eastern slope of the Mount of Olives, Jesus finds himself back there. He's there on this donkey and he's making his triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem. And the scene is filled, Sister Mary, with excitement and fun. And man, look who this is. And there's cheering and there's crowds all around and they're waving their palm branches. And most Palm Sunday messages, it's it's most about excitement. It's most about the parade and the pep rally. But all of that was a sham in Jesus' name. All of that was a sham. And our king, the one that we place our trust in today, he knew that it was. Within five days, they would all be gone. Within five days, Brother Cooper, the cheers would be turned into jeers, if you will. Who are you? You're not our knight in shining armor. You're not the one that we wanted you. Well, who are you? Why are you here? Why, you crucify him. Can you picture him on this Palm Sunday morning? He is the center of attention. One would say he must have have had a smile on his face. He was riding on the back of a donkey like riding in that convertible in a parade that we've all seen. Everyone was lifting up their hands. Everyone was partying, if you will. Everyone was waving. Everyone was shouting their glad hosannas. But Jesus, look at him. The Bible says as he drew near he saw the city and he wept over it. Don't you think, Brother Kim, that he should be excited? Don't you think that he should be overjoyed with everybody that was there to parade him and to lift him up and exalt him? No, that's not what it was. I just want you to picture with me on this Palm Sunday. Jesus. Do you see him? The object of their adoration. But he's weeping. He's got hot tears running down his face. Hear him through the crowd. His tears. As he says, listen to it. If you had known, even you, 
especially in this your day. The things that make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you. Surround you. And close you in on every side. And level you. And your children within you. To the ground. And they will not leave it you. One stone upon another. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. Yay, Jesus is coming. Yay, let's wave our palm branches. Let's lay them out on the ground. Let's take our jackets off and make a place for him to come in. And Jesus is weeping. Jesus has tears running down his face. Those Jerusalem crowds, they wanted a hero. They wanted the George Washington. They wanted, they, they wanted the king. They wanted the one. But when it wasn't what they wanted, their tears, they turned into something totally different. Less than a week later, they crowned him king, all tight, but it was, it was with thorns. They got a rod and beat it on his head. They stripped him naked. They beat him until his back was a bloody pulp. And then they asked, are you the king of the Jews? What a joke! They thought, and they laughed, and then they laughed, and then they laughed. He was a king, all right. But his kingdom was not in this world. He was a king. He was a kingdom of our hearts. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, he wept. Now, I want you to stay with me for just one more moment. These were different tears than the ones we read about in Bethany a few days earlier. In Bethany, the Greek word describes Jesus weeping as dekario. And I'm probably pronouncing that incorrect. I tried many times to do it. This is the only time we find this verb used in the New Testament. It means to shed tears in such a fashion that we weep silently. It is closely akin to getting a lump in our throat and having a tear or two slip out of our eyes. This is what happened to Jesus at the grave of Lazarus. However, on Palm Sunday, we are told that he wept. The Greek word we find here, as I mentioned a moment ago, is kaleio. These are the same deep sobs that we find Mary using in John 11 and 33. This is also the word used to de describe Simon Peter when he wept bitterly after the rooster had crowed and reminded him of his denial. Look at the Palm Sunday road. Look at our Lord. The people are cheering. They are waving their palm branches, but he broke down and cried with deep sobs that could be heard a long ways away. I don't know about you, but when I sob, I can tell you right now, there's going to be a lot of people that hear. Even last night as I lay in that prayer room and I sobbed, I, was, I knew I was the last one on the, on the prayer list. I knew nobody else was probably coming in, but I sometimes would look up and wonder if anybody had come in because I was sobbing so much. That's what our Lord was doing. Yes, it is Palm Sunday and Jesus is still weeping over our sin. He is troubled by our blinded eyes. He is still saying how often, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathered her brew under her wings, but you were not willing. I want to submit to somebody today 
that's in this room. Yes, you've come to church time and time again. Maybe I'm not animated enough today and maybe you've slumbered off in sleep, but I'm here to tell you, just like Jesus is saying with his sobs, I want you to hear me. I want you to get ready before it's too late. I want you to repent before it's too late. I want you to know. As the church, oh, hallelujah. As the church, we do not seem to be weeping over the sins of people enough. We do not seem to be troubled by blinded eyes. Oh, what can I get out of it? Where can I go? How can I do this? How can I be set up on my pedestal? How can I do this? How can I do that? No, ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you what troubled Jesus. I can tell you what bothered Jesus. It was the sins of people. And it better be what troubles us. It better be what gets in our spirit. It better be what causes us to weep with deep sobs. We are watching the decay of a civilization before us. May I submit to you today that Christ is still weeping over this America. But are we? But are we? I know you got the Holy Ghost. I know you got baptized in Jesus' name. I know that you feel like you got your one-way ticket. But Brother Jonathan, we better get on our knees and we better cry out, Oh, God, save them. And we better do whatever we possibly can. Yes, you got the Holy Ghost. Yes, you've been baptized in Jesus' name. Yes. You may feel like you got your one-way ticket. But Jesus is weeping over the sins of people. Jesus is crying out over the sins of people are we crying are we affected by it is it causing us to do something is it causing us to pick up a bible study is it causing us to grab the bible is it causing us to go to somebody's house is it causing us to even recognize if somebody hasn't been sitting with us for a while in the church if we view our cities as the lord sees them we would see them through our tears the problem with the church today is that we have lost our tears. We're all about the parade. We're all about the jumping up and down. We're all about, and don't misunderstand me, it's all right. We're all about the running. We're all about the, hey, move me with that song, praise team. We're all about doing, preacher, preach something to me that makes me get, get a little jump in my step. And, oh, I need to try to do better. No, no, no. It's not all about the parade. We may cry and get emotional over a movie or when our dog dies, but are we crying over the de-Christianizing of a culture or does it not seem to affect us? When you walk in the PTO meeting, <laughs> I'm going to get real personal right now. Why don't you go to your house and look in your picture album when you used to live right and live holy and live separated, but now you don't. That should show you that there's a de-Christianizing, and it's not just affecting the world, but it's affecting the church. And are we crying over it, or does it not affect us at all? As we meditate on this story, on this day, does this story tell us anything about ourselves? Is there anything in our lives that might cause our Lord to weep? Pastor Darren, it's Palm Sunday. Can we be a little more excited today? No, we can't because too often we try to do that. Too often we leave upon the high. Too often we allow the keyboard to play us right out of the altar and we walk and get into our cars. But there's things that are making our Lord weep about how we're living. Is he saying to any one of us, how often I want it to gather you as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Are we like some of them 
shouting, supporting, and waving our palm branches as long as we get what we want. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. When everything's going great and wonderful. We're getting what we want. The raise has come. The bonus has come. The job is there. Everything's great. But when we don't get what we want, do we still have the praise? Do we still have the exaltation? Are we still saying, Lord, I'm going to serve you no matter what? Are we going to be exactly how they were and shout, crucify him? He's not my knight in shining armor. He's not my George Washington. He's not the one that's going to help us win. Are we like some of them? Even in the midst of our Palm Sunday, our Lord, our King, He may still be weeping over our sin. He may still be troubled by our blinded eyes. I want to ask you, sir, you know if you're blinded or not. You know if you can see or not. You know if you still got things hidden away or not. I'm going to tell you something. Our Lord, he's still troubled over your blinded eyes. Ma'am, you've neglected him for a long time, and maybe you're still neglecting him today. He's still troubled over your blinded eyes. Yes, it is Palm Sunday. And the same Jesus that wept in our text is still weeping over our sorrows. He is still touched by our broken hearts. Just as he wept with Mary, he's touched by our own tears. Yes, it is Palm Sunday, and Jesus is still weeping over our sins. He is troubled by our blinded eyes, just as he said to those on Palm Sunday, mad. He says to us today, Luke 19 and verse 42, if you had known, even you especially, in this your day, the things that make for you peace. I ask you on this Palm Sunday, does our Lord weep with you today or does he weep over you today? I can promise you he's weeping with you, but I would to God that he would not have to weep over you I would to God that you would find an altar. I would to God that you would come on this Palm Sunday and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence. There's a big difference. He weeps with us in our sorrow and over us in our sin. Would you stand to your feet all across the building? Revelations 21 and 4. The last time tears were mentioned in the Bible was in Revelation. What a scene in heaven. God will, weep, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the hope of Palm Sunday. Yes, in days of dusk and darkness, remember that God preserves all of our tears in a bottle. Why do we want to do that? 
that he may one day at dawn wipe them all away. Perhaps David in Psalms 30 and verse 5 said it best when he said, For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. On this Palm Sunday, I want you, sir and ma'am, to picture Jesus weeping. Jesus wept. Sister Cooper, he wept over our sin. And there's people here today, I hope I painted the picture for you, that yes, he's weeping over your sorrows. He's weeping with you in your pain. He's weeping with you in your divorce and your brokenness. And your, he's weeping with you over your lost job and your no money, no finances. He's weeping with you over the car that's broke down. He's weeping you with the hand, hand that you've been dealt. Don't think for a moment he's not there. It's okay to weep. And that weeping, Brother Beto, is going to touch the heart of God. And when it touches the heart of God, God does things that you and I can't even imagine. But what I would to God that nobody, nobody would have Jesus Christ weeping over your sin. He's telling somebody today in this building and maybe those that are watching online that, hey, there's an altar for repentance. I do, I want to gather you close to me as a hen gathers a brood, I want to do that. But are you listening? Are you knowing that I'm faithful and just to forgive all sins? Do you know that I can take away all the issues of life and I can give you peace that passes all understanding? Am I telling you, or are you listening to what I'm telling you, that He can forgive you? He can cause you to have a better life than you have right now. Darren, you don't even know what I've done. I don't. But God does. And I would to God that he would not say these words to you. If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. And you didn't listen. You need peace in your life? There's an altar right here. You need joy in your life? There's an altar right here. Why don't you come, sir? Why don't you come, young man? Man, you don't even know me, dude. I don't know you. But I do know Jesus. And I do know that he's faithful and just to forgive all sins. I do know that when you ask him to forgive you and, and you go down in water, it is the first day of the rest of your life. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new a little more proof that's it sir that's it ma'am that's all I can give you I would I would that you had known I would that you had listened on this day your day I would that you would step out of your pew if you will I would that you had known Luke 19 and 42 if you had known, even you, especially in your day, the things that make for your peace. Does your Lord weep today with you or over you? I would that he would only, he would only be weeping with you in your sorrow. I would that you would realize that he's there for you in your pain. And I would today that you would hearken to his word and say, Lord, cleanse me. Make me new. Wash me with hyssop. Lord, put that balm in my life, that balm in Gilead. Oh Lord, would you give me that peace that passes all understanding, that joy unspeakable and full of glory. Prayer team, if you would, help me pray for those in this altar today. Sir, ma'am, I'm beckoning to you. Don't let this day pass Just you by. Like
Don't let this moment pass you by. I don't want the Lord to look over this city, look over your home, and say, man, I wish, I wish that they would have heard. I wish that they would really have repentance. I wish that they would really let change happen in their life. broken before him today don't let bitterness hold you back don't let hatred or jealousy hold you back don't let pride hold you back come on don't let bitterness hold you back sir he's going to be our judge but right now he's hoping Man, I want you to let me gather you like a hen gathers a brood. I want you to allow me to save you and transform you. Come on, sir. Come on, young person. Come on, dad. Everybody else is praying. Everybody else is asking for forgiveness. Why don't you ask forgiveness? today. God's weeping with you right now. God's weeping with you in your pain and your sorrow. Gain peace in that today. Understand that today he's right beside you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, weep over your grandchildren. Weep over your job. Weep over your education. Weep, but God is with you. Is in peace.